0: Yama, and welcome to TV Radio. Today is Wednesday, the 8th of March, and today is International Women's Day. The day is celebrated annually as a focal point in the women's rights movement, bringing attention to issues such as gender equality, reproductive rights, and violence and abuse against women. In this contest, uh, we have a guest today in the program, starting with a A conversation with Karen Mandin, CEO of Reconciliation Australia, reflecting on International Women's Day and also ways to close the gap for First Nations women. Over 20 years, as you hear, Karen has been shaping the national journey towards a just, equitable and reconciled Australia. In the program, we have also a conversation with Rachel King, a STEM graduate who is working as an analyst with one of the big four banks. Rachel will join us to share her story and tell us about pathways available for First Nations women to close the gap in STEM education and employment opportunities. We also have a conversation with Bo de la Cruz and Dean Reeders, co hosts of Australia's premier Rugby League Forecast TV program over the Black Dot. The pair will join us as the show returns to the screens for 2023. All these stories and more coming to you on NITV Radio after the latest news. Bertrand Tungandami here. I am Bertrand Tungandami. Australia Day
2: 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy erected outside Parliament. The native
3: title legislation must be amended.
2: And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came. I am sorry.
0: This bulletin, Justin Mohammed named as Australia's inaugural First Nations Ambassador, a packed agenda for Anthony Albanese on his four-day trip to India, and the government's first annual report card on the status of women in Australia released. Justin Mohammed has been appointed as the Australian Government's inaugural ambassador for First Nations people. Foreign Minister Penny Wong says the newly created role allows for dedicated Indigenous representation in Australia's overseas diplomacy. A Guren, Guren man from Bundaberg in Queensland, Mr Mohammed is currently Deputy Secretary of Aboriginal Justice in Victoria. His previous positions include reconciliation Australia CEO, and he has represented Indigenous organisations internationally, including at the United Nations United Nations Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues. Mr. Mohammed says he looks forward to developing foreign policies that have First Nations people's knowledge at the forefront. Australia's Indigenous Envoy for Reconciliation says an Indigenous voice to Parliament is the missing piece of the puzzle to help close the gap. Reflecting on the anniversary of the stolen generation, Pat Dodson told the Senate told the Senate the voice will allow Indigenous Australians to be engaged in decision-making and priorities. Coalition Senator Jacinta Price says she disagrees, saying she doesn't believe constitutional change will deliver better outcomes for Indigenous Australians. All Australians will be required to vote on the issue in a referendum to be held between October and December this year. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says he is looking forward to his fourth meeting with his Indian counterpart Narendra Modi during a four-day visit to India beginning today. Discussions are set to focus on renewable energy, defence cooperation and education ties. The Prime Minister will lead a delegation of Australia's top business people as well as trade and resources ministers. Mr Albanese says there is a lot he he will be seeking to achieve.
3: And during this visit, I'll be giving at least seven speeches over the coming days talking about the opportunities which are there to have increased
2: people-to-people relations to educational transfers, increased two-way investment, increased uh, engagement between our business
3: communities. And I think it is an enormous opportunity for Australia.
0: Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe says the time for opposing the rise in interest rates is approaching. The Reserve Bank delivered the 10th interest rate hike in a row on Tuesday afternoon, bringing the cash rates to 3.6%, the highest level in more than a decade. Speaking at the Australian Financial Review's Business Summit in Sydney, Dr. Lowe says the Reserve Bank board did discuss the timing of keeping interest rates on hold at yesterday's meeting.
4: We also discuss that with monetary policy now in restrictive territory, we are closer to the point where it will be appropriate to pause interest rate increases to allow more time to assess the state of the economy. At what point it will be appropriate to pause will be determined by the data and by our assessment of the outlook. Women's
0: Minister Katigala says the federal government is committed to making gender equality a national priority as the federal government releases the first annual report card on the the status of women in Australia. Released to coincide with International Women's Day, the report finds women impacted in a number of ways including being the target of sexual harassment at twice the rate experienced by men. Women over 55 are the fastest-growing of homeless Australians. Ms Kalahar says a national strategy will be released in the second half of the year, and she says the government is considering measures like paying women super unpaid parental leave.
1: Well, we've made no secret that this is something we would like to do. Uh, We've got to find room for it uh, in the budget. It's uh, several hundred million dollars. So um, this is something that we've committed to in the past and it's really about finding room in a very tight budget uh, to find the money to do that. We know that it's a big issue for women. We know it's an inequity in the superannuation system and we know that women retire with less.
0: Employer Group, the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry, has called for the two-year extension in post-study work rights, expanded to more international students. The change comes into effect from July 1 for select degrees in occupations identified as having skills shortages. The list is being updated as the commencement date approaches. Ingrid Fraser from the Australian Chamber of Commerce and Industry says the list of eligible occupations.
2: Only around 16% stay on after they study. There may be some nuance in that number. I know that the list that the working group has come up with was based on analysis by National Skills Commission or Jobs and Skills Australia. We did see the list double from 2021 to 22, and so it was in the spirit of there being significant shortages across the board. There could be merit in having that extension more broadly for a limited period.
0: United Kingdom Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has defended his government's contentious new legislation that would see asylum seeker boat arrivals immediately detained and then deported. It comes amid a 60% rise in the number of people attempting to cross the English Channel in 2022. Under the bill, asylum seeker boat arrivals would also be barred from returning to the
4: UK for life. Now I understand there will be debate about the toughness of these measures. All I can say is, we have tried it every other way and it has not worked. So I say again, my policy is very simple. It is this country and your government who should decide who comes here, not criminal gangs.
0: The government has now introduced the legislation to Parliament and even though it is not expected to pass for some months, to be backdated to apply to anyone who reached the UK from today. The United Nations Refugee Agency says the bill's provisions are a clear breach of the Refugee Convention. The White House has denounced the kidnapping of four Americans in Mexico as unacceptable and offered condolences to families of two members of the group who were killed. The two survivors have returned to the United States after the kidnapping happened on Friday in the Mexico border city of Matamoros. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador said the victims were believed to have entered the country to buy medicines and got caught up in a confrontation between criminal gangs. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says multiple agencies in the U.S. and Mexico are working together to learn more about what happened.
1: These U.S. agencies remain in close touch with their counterparts, and we expect that they will share more as they can. Attacks on U.S. citizens are unacceptable, no matter where or under what circumstances they happen. We will continue to work closely with the Mexican government, to ensure justice is done in this case.
0: Tickets for the Eurovision Song Context Grand Final being held in Liverpool. This may have already sold out in just over an hour. The other public shows were also fully booked an hour later. Britain is hosting the competition despite Ukraine winning winning last year when organizers requested a different location due to Russia's invasion. About 3,000 tickets are being made available for displaced Ukrainians at a cheaper rate and organisers say the demand for tickets is high. About 160 million people around the world are expected to tune in to the broadcast in May. And to sport in cycling, Dutch World Tour cycling team, Jumbo Visma has won the Stage 3 team time trial at Paris-Nice, Paris-Nice. Magnus Kort led second-placed EF education easy post charge across the 32.2 kilometre circuit with the dense efforts, seeing him take over the race leader's yellow jersey. The stage saw a change in the regular team with the, the clock stopping on the first rider to cross the line opposed to the fourth or fifth. Jumbo Vismas Jonas Vingegaard told Cycling Pro the plan was simple.
2: The plan was to go as quick as possible to the finish <laughs> so uh, we tried to do this and I think uh, yeah we won so of course we are very happy with this uh, it was a good day for us but yeah I think uh, yeah 11 seconds is, is, is not much and uh, I think we'll have to to battle it out in the, in the mountains maybe it's also crosswinds tomorrow so we'll have to uh, to see tomorrow and uh, yeah then we'll just see in the mountains who's the who's the strongest guy And
0: having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, partly cloudy, 32. Perth, possible shower, developing, 35 degrees. Adelaide, shower 220. Melbourne, partly cloudy, 18. Hobart, a shower of two sixteen, Albury-Wodonga, cloudy, 17. Canberra, partly cloudy, 21. Wollongong, sunny, 29. Sydney, also sunny, 31. Newcastle, more sunshine, 34. Brisbane, partly cloudy, 32. Townsville, light rain, 30 degrees, Cairns showers 31, early Springs sunny 27, Darwin a shower or two and a possible storm in the top of 31 degrees and the tri Strait Islands a mostly cloudy day in the top of 29 degrees and that is NITV Radio News
1: TV Radio Monday,
0: Wednesday, Friday at one PM or anytime online. I'm Patrick and you're listening to NITV Radio coming to you from Nam on the Kulin Nation. On uh, this International Women's Day, we have a conversation with uh, Rachel King, sharing her journey and uh, career, dream career, and also sharing. Pathways for First Nations Women to Close the Gap in STEM Education and Employment Opportunities. We also have a conversation with uh, Baudela Cruz and Dean Wieders, cohorts of uh, of, Over the Black Dot, Australia's premier rugby league-focused TV show. The pair will join us uh, to talk to us about the return of the very popular TV programme on the screens for the 2023 season. But first... We have our conversation with Karen Mandin, reflecting on International Women's Day and the condition of women, and in particular First Nations women. Karen Mandin is the CEO of Reconciliation Australia. She has more than 20 years' experience in community engagement, public advocacy, communications and uh, social marketing campaigns. It's uh, fair to say that Karen has shaped the national journey towards a just, equitable and reconciled Australia. And Karen's work has been uh, recognised with uh, many accolades. More recently, she's been announced as the winner of the National Award of the 2023 Australian Awards for Excellence in Women's Leadership. And Karen is joining us today ahead of 2023 International Women's Day. Welcome to NITV Radio, Karen.
1: Uh, Thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with
0: you. Now, this latest accolade was announced uh, just uh, last week. Uh, Congratulations, first of all
1: thank you thank you i feel um somewhat embarrassed like many women i always feel uh, somewhat unworthy so But I feel very um, honoured and humbled uh, by receiving this award, particularly when I think of uh, the women that I'm sharing uh, the platform with, uh, many of whom I consider um, great colleagues, but also women who I've looked up to when I think of Aunty Pat Anderson. Um, Amazing women doing amazing work in all sorts of different areas um, and all coming from lots of different um, walks of life. And I think... That's one of the the great things certainly um when we think about leadership now uh, and we think about how we get that gender equality in there um it's about diversity it's about uh, diversity of experience it's about um, diversity of skills that we bring to life um, and when it's you know the corporate boardrooms or the the civil society organizations it's that gender diversity um, that broadens out our thinking that uh, brings those different expertise to life and yeah, I'm just really, as I said, honoured and humbled and a little bit proud um, that the work of Reconciliation Australia is getting acknowledged in this way, not just for me, but um, for the team, for the leaders that we've had in our organisation. So, yeah, there's a lot going on.
0: Yeah, no, it being acknowledged uh, is uh, just a testimony of a, a really excellent work you're doing. And now... Coming back to the theme of the day, which is International Women's Day 2023, the theme is uh, cracking the code, uh, innovation for a gender-eco-future. What would you say is uh, most needed now to advance uh, equality among First Nations women?
1: So again, I mean, First Nations women have always been at the forefront of change, agenda setting, um, whether that's for women's rights or whether that's for uh, First Nations peoples. And I think when we we think of that idea of cracking the code, it's how do we ensure that those voices are being elevated, but most importantly, how do we ensure that those voices are being heard, and that's both heard. In, by non-Indigenous Australia and, and those kind of spaces, but also more broadly across across the, the group. So it's a tricky one. These things come away. Uh, You've got to chip at these things. But I think we have this opportunity more than ever, particularly as we're having the conversation about a referendum on the voice to parliament. Again, women are leading that debate and that, that discussion. Um, and again, hearing the experience of First Nations women in communities, holding families together, um, nurturing, but also leading communities. That's, I think, where we're going to see change.
0: When we look at uh, the situation of uh, First Nations women, fastest growing uh, population uh, in the prison system, and uh, we are still talking about issues like uh, uh, Indigenous femicides, there are so many issues that need to be addressed, and uh, this would be a day, I believe, to reflect on those issues as well.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the, the alarming rates of um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women In incarceration is enormous and we know that that has a knock-on effect for families and families being torn apart. We see the increasing rates of young people in out-of-home care. Um, When women are taken out of these kind of really important roles, we see how that has um, a negative impact on our families and in our communities. And I think that's the challenge for those of us that sit in leadership, um, whether you're a woman or whether you're a man is how do we really start to address some of these issues? How do we look at the systems that are continuing to unfairly play out, particularly for women, particularly for uh, First Nations women? And what do we need to do differently? That is about focusing on communities, focusing on families, um, focusing on the things that address underlying causes. So whether that's um, access to education, whether it's access to jobs, whether it's those other support systems that help women get out of unsafe situations. That's where we should be focusing our attention.
0: Yeah, because uh, First Nations women play a very, very, very strong role in the community. Last week I was uh, talking to one of the artists, Philly, you would think a rapper, you know, the hard, uh, tough men, but uh, the person that inspired him the most in his life, Is his mother, and uh, even in one of his hit songs, he sings about, uh, it's called uh, Brown Skin. It's about the strong female figures who actually played a role in shaping what he's become today. So uh, First Nations women should be really celebrated on uh, this uh, day, not just this day, but I think every day. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think of my family, um, my mother, my aunties, my grandmother. There was such strong... um, role models not just in our family but I know for for other families for other um, areas in which they worked which they led and I mean I'm really proud to kind of walk in their footsteps I'm I'm proud of the work that I'm able to do um, to create those kind of change but you know you don't you don't have to have the title of the CEO or the title of lead art to lead and um, I think that's one thing that First Nations women do really really well if you need
0: something done go to a First Nations Woman yeah, strong and uh, very reliable in everything they do. <laughs> now, uh, is uh, reconciliation Australia doing anything in particular on uh, this uh, day?
1: So we're going to be highlighting the many, many amazing women um, that have worked in our organisation, that have led our organisation. And certainly, again, it's about how do we amplify their voices uh, to make sure that they're, they're getting the due, res- uh, due respect that they deserve, but also that we're truly hearing. Um, and the best way we can honour that is actually by listening deeply and then um, enacting what they're saying.
0: This will be online or because uh, now that we have uh, yeah, you? Yeah, we'll
1: do, the, we'll do this through our um, social media and uh, also just in our everyday work. I think it's, it's great to have a day that focuses us and um, ensures that we're, we're keeping it alive um, idea. But this is ha- has to happen in the work that
0: we do every single day. Yeah, we'll put the word out there. Well, Karen Mandin, before I let you go, just as usual, anything we haven't spoken about that uh, you'd like to bring to the attention of our listeners today?
1: I just want to um, reiterate just how many amazing women there are, are out there. Um, as I said, I, I take great inspiration from my aunties, from my mom, my grandmother. You know, generations of women who continue to keep our families together, who raise amazing and important young people who go on to do amazing, important things. Um, I'm a product of that, as many, many as my generation and others are. So I just want to shout out to all of those strong First Nations women out there. Um, I want them to know that we see them. Uh, we respect and we honour them. And the best honour that I can do is to do the same for my nieces um, and for those that are coming next. So just a, a shout-out to um, strong Black women everywhere.
0: Karen Mandeen, CEO of Reconciliation Australia, thank you very much for joining us today to reflect on International Women's Day 2023. Thank you, always pleasure.
1: Join the conversation on radio, online and mobile you're
0: with NITV Radio. The theme for the International Women's Day in 2023 is Cracking the Code. This theme looks at how advancing women's skills and knowledge in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics can accelerate progress towards gender equality. My guest today on NITV Radio is Rachel King. She's the perfect example of this. Having completed a double degree in science and education, Rachel is now working in analytics in the banking industry while she completes postgraduate studies in business analytics and data science. I'm glad to say Rachel is joining us to share her story, her journey and how it can inspire other First Nations women. Welcome to TV Radio, Rachel.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, you're joining us uh, ahead of uh, the 2023 International Women's Day. Uh, before we go into our conversation about uh, your achievements and uh, what you've done and uh, how your story can inspire other women, uh, what's your reflection on International Women's Day? For
3: me, Women's Day have kind of an opportunity to like Appreciate and celebrate the women who've impacted me in my life. So, for example, like also my friends, my family, colleagues, even my past teachers, and even female my role models. So, for example, um, I'll very really a little bit nerdy, but I <laughs> there's a, a I guess a very well known female Um and essentially she kind of never put herself down or her anything, and she actually competed in like open leagues rather than the women's league. So she You know, was really, really confident in her skills and, you know, put herself up against the best. And so that kind of, you know, gives me the belief to kind of do my best in probably a male-dominated industry at the moment. But I guess probably more importantly, I guess my mum is one of my biggest inspirations. So definitely that's one of the reflections I have about um, special women's Day.
0: What, uh, how did your mom inspire you and uh, tell us a little bit more how she's uh, your role model?
3: Yeah, so my mom actually is a single parent. So she raised my, my brother, my sister and myself um, since we were, you know, very, very young. Um, you know, taking on that kind of responsibility is, is such a huge thing. And she did such like a very, very wonderful job raising us and being so independent. I guess one of the achievements like that she's really part of us in is that my brother my sister and myself were the first um people in our family to go to university so yeah just really really appreciative of all the sacrifices she's made for us yeah
0: when you say your people uh, maybe the first question I should have asked To say who your mob <laughs> is Where you're from And where we're talking to you from Because I'm myself in Nam in Kulin Nation, Melbourne uh, Yeah, where are you? we calling you from?
3: Yeah, so I grew up in um, Darugland But more specifically my mob is from Wamalai um, Which is Miss Southern Hills At the moment I am fortunate enough to live On the northern beaches So I'm calling in from Garingai At the moment <laughs>
0: Koringa is the North Shore very leafy suburb and uh, yeah yep. halfway to the on the way to the Central Coast of Newcastle yep. Pacific Highway <laughs> <laughs> main artery driving through your area that's uh, from my memory from my days back in Sydney and uh, now you've um, had a successful journey Having a successful education, uh, graduating in STEM, and now working as an analyst uh, for a bank. Uh, uh, <laughs> can you share your story, uh, since, you know, graduating and uh, navigating all these uh, very difficult courses? Because STEM is not a yeah. given. Many people struggle in STEM, but you made it. Uh, tell us about your story. <laughs> yeah,
3: so I guess I'll <laughs> probably start at the beginning. So I guess my first, my very first interaction that I had with STEM and, like, when I realised that I loved it was when my mom actually worked in my brother and sister's primary school at the time. Um, and because I was the youngest, she kind of took me in some days to, <laughs> I guess, just help around sometimes when I could. And I was very, very young, obviously. But, um, you know, she, when she was taking change and tackling the change to hand back to the students, she would actually let me do that. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I really loved that. And that was, I guess, my first taste of, of maths in a sense. Um, And so I went on in high school. I studied like lots of STEM subjects. I did chemistry, biology, um, a couple of math courses. Yes, it is my STEM subjects. And I guess my teachers, I guess since I was probably seven or eight, I knew that I really wanted to study university STEM or probably math and science particularly because that's what I really loved. And I guess my teachers really inspired me that way. And then... Once I graduated high school, I ended up going into a teaching degree and a science double degree, so I majored in math. And yeah, I guess I did I did pretty well at the time, I guess, especially since I had like a really good support network while I was at university. Otherwise, it definitely would have been a lot more difficult if I didn't have those people around me. Um, And then I went through a couple of, a few internships throughout my degree where I basically worked full time during my summer breaks and one of them was in the bank that I currently work at. And essentially off the back of that, I did all right and they offered me a, a graduate position. So that's what I'm in now. So I'm in my second year, or well, my, last, my last six months actually of my analytics graduate program.
0: And uh, which university are you going to?
3: Um, so I went to Macquarie University.
0: Wow, from Seven Hills? Yeah, that would be a little bit closer to you. <laughs> oh <my then>. <laughs> Macquarie <laughs> University is uh, the other side of the hills district. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> so you're traveling all over Sydney and New South Wales, actually, all over the place. <laughs> and what does uh, a job of a bank, anal- working in analytics in a bank, what does it entail? Is it cracking people's passwords? What's uh, what's involved in uh, being an... <laughs>
3: So there is like so so much data um at at the bank, especially the one am at because it's it's one of the big four banks, and so we have so so many customers and so so many um, points of data that it depends. Really depends what um I guess team we're working in. So my how the program works. I've had a few rotations. My first rotation I was in a credit card insights team. So essentially, our main stakeholders were the credit card product team. So whenever they wanted any kind of data or information on, say, customer spend in a certain industry, so like grocery spend or um, you know, travel, retail, um, they would come to us and we would perform analysis on transactions and and um, accounts and things like that. Um, another part of the bank that I was in, I was in financial well-being. So essentially we looked at ways of, of supporting our customers through, I guess, essentially difficult times, especially now. Yeah, working on analysis and, and who are the types of people that struggle, um, you know, what's their gender, what's their age, is there anything we can kind of, um, you know, make kind of targeted communications with them to, to help them financially, essentially. And now I'm actually going into oh, will be in my next rotation and that starts in about a month. So I'm really, really um, interested in that space as well and how we kind of um, reduce stance and fraud within the bank and what measures we put in place to reduce those.
0: Yeah, your journey is an unusual one, and uh, I believe myself. Uh, I hate STEM, to be honest.
3: <laughs> Never understood
0: maths. So I run away. That's why I did journalism because I can read. I can understand, you know, what I read. But uh, when you have to add numbers, they make absolute no sense to me. And <laughs> but people like you just uh, shame my type of personality and kind. Anyway. So, how? What pathways do you see for First Nations girls and women to follow uh, and close the gap in uh, STEM education, and uh, yeah, embrace careers uh, that we all envy, like yours?
3: Essentially, um probably more personally on, um, I guess, kind of how I did it myself. were maybe I guess probably three or four main things that I can think of that really helped me on my journey and kind of, you know, paved the pathway for me to go into, like, have these opportunities. Um, So, for example, I guess take advantage of the the Indigenous departments at your university that you want to go to. So at mine, Walinga Maru, um, on Macquarie University, we have a really great, um, we have a mentoring program for high achievers that will support um, students going to maybe postgraduate studies. So they basically pair us with a professor we get to learn all about their career and how they got there and kind of, I guess, any kind of support or guidance that we need because sometimes, especially if no one around you has gone to university, it's hard to kind of see all of that information or find it. So there's, there's, that's one of them. Another is also about around the faculty, the Indigenous faculty, is a, I believe a lot of Sydney universities and probably Australia-wide, they actually offer free tutoring for Indigenous students. So that was something that was really, really helpful for me, especially in a STEM subject um, when it can get to such a high level and and so difficult, those things, um, that was super helpful for me. Another one is, I guess, any kind of scholarship opportunities that you can find. We have like an Indigenous uh, scholarships portal, take advantage of that. So I I was actually lucky enough to get to receive a Milliman scholarship, which is, Milliman's actually an international company that um, basically supports Indigenous students from all over the world. So, you know, the US, um, Australia, any other, uh, New Zealand. Um, essentially, you just apply and hopefully, if you're successful, they will grant you a scholarship. And I guess another one that I'm really excited about that I'm, that I'm actually doing next month is the Aurora Study Tour. So, essentially, if you're interested in any kind of grad opportunities, um, and you did pretty well in terms of grades at university. They'll actually send you over to um, universities in the UK and the US to kind of explore them, see how you like the culture, um, visit um, academics. You can book book those meetings yourself, and you get to you know make it really personalised to your field that you're interested in. And I think those were such great opportunities and kind of were only available to Indigenous students, so you might as well take advantage of them. <laughs> I guess probably more personal for me, I don't know if it applies to anyone else, but I was fortunate enough that my my boyfriend of, of almost six years, so five and a half years, he actually went through the same degree a couple of years before me, so he uh, was essentially my private tutor for a long time as well, so that <laughs> was very, very helpful too. I'm really grateful for that. So yeah, those were probably... The main things I can
0: think of. Coming back to your family background, you said you're, you've got one brother and two sisters, yeah?
3: Uh, one brother, one sister.
0: One yep. brother, one sister, and you both graduated in uh, STEM or so. Um...
3: um, so my brother and sister, my brother is still going; he's almost. He actually is a is a little bit of a, a different case. So he started in STEM. He actually started doing um, a chemistry degree um, and business. And then he actually switched to like a bit of a 180 and switched to uh, psychology that he really, really loves now, um, especially since he's, he's into, he's actually an archery coach and he coaches the Paralympic archery team in Australia, which is crazy. He really wanted to understand, I guess, more of like the sports psychology side. And so he's almost done with that. Um, and my sister actually did teaching as well, except she did birth to primary school teaching. So that was good because she kind of went before me and kind of paved the way for me to I guess understand how the education faculty worked, how the Indigenous faculty worked at the university um, and that was so so helpful for me as well Um, and she did her Masters actually in the Indigenous space as well
0: Yeah, great career pathway and it just uh, um, completes what you said earlier about uh, following the Indigenous pathways and uh, yeah that's a very great advice for other students who may want follow in your footsteps. Now, before I let you go, anything you'd like to add that mm-hmm. we may not have covered that's important for our listeners to know?
3: I guess just not necessarily advice, but um I guess words of encouragement is if you're really interested in something, interested in a field, you know, just go for it. Try not to be deterred by, oh, uh, you know, I'm gonna be the only girl in my class or um, I'm not good enough. You know, you're in the course you try hard, you're good enough, you've got a lot of support networks at the university to take advantage of, and I'm sure you'd do great.
0: Rachel King, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on NITV Radio today.
3: No worries, thanks so much for having me. NITV Radio, share our stories on
1: Facebook.
0: Australia's premier Indigenous-oriented Premier League TV programme over the Black Dot is back for the 2023 season. And I'm glad to say two of the co-hosts, Bo De La Cruz and Dean Withers, have agreed to join us on NITV Radio to tell us about all the goodies the show has got in spades for audiences this season. Welcome to NITV Radio, Bo and Dean.
4: Thanks for having us. Yes, yeah, brother. We're pretty excited, man. Another season of footy right out of our
0: doorstep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now a very anticipated start after a cracking 2022 season. 2023 season uh, in uh, rugby league has started with a bang already as far as the game goes with an extended lineup and the very first surprise and major upset of the season already. Uh, An upset that saw the smallest and little-known team, the Dolphins, beat the The Roosters. Roosters, roosters.
2: yeah, 28-18. Yeah, it was up there at Suncorp. It was about 32,000 people. Um, It actually felt like a full stadium, sounded like a full stadium. And, yeah, probably the biggest upset of round one. But um, Dino was chatting to old Uncle Wayne last week, and um, he was never in doubt. So that's probably good signs for them.
4: And Bertrand, I will say, look, this girl, she loves all the Queensland teams. And any time <laughs> the Brisbane side wins, she wants to rub it in to everyone. So now she's got Redcliffe up there, well, the Dolphins up there, and mm-hmm. she loved it that she could rub it in, that they beat the Roosters on the weekend. So and all four got-
2: Queenslanders won was Zach. Uh, Queensland yeah. teams won, which
4: was
0: nice. <laughs> so Queensland versus New South Wales, uh, a kind of a state of origin, I'd say. Uh, it's going to be—is it going to be the same rivalry going on uh, on uh, over the black
4: dot? Having kind of state You're of, of rival, I'm wearing team. blue? Look, yeah. I'm wearing blue for New South Wales here early, but
2: uh, yeah, yeah she loves rules.
4: her Queensland teams, and when they all win, she can't wait to rub it in, and that's always her highlights. And uh, but you know, it's a—it <laughs> it was a great win, and. Uh, an Indigenous great player, Arthur Beatson, True for him and his family on the weekend. It would have been something that Hardy proudly would have been looking down on, watching. And uh, the families enjoyed the moment last week. So well done to everyone involved in that great experience. Yeah.
0: And what's to be expected uh, on over the Black Dot uh, in uh, 2023? Any new hosts or new format? Uh, yeah, tell us more about the show.
4: We get to go deeper into the real issues yeah. and have some real yarns yeah. and and um, concentrate on our players' stories. You know, there's amazing stories amongst our Indigenous players, male and female. And we'll get to tell those to our audience. And mm. people will be able to experience something that they might not know about the players just by watching them uh, week to week. And then also looking at the real issues in the game and addressing mm-hmm. them, which is certainly exciting. Yeah,
2: it's not so analytical like it used to be um, last year. So it's more sort of Dino and I and whoever else that because Bo Champion's back as well. It's just having a bit of a yarn and, um, like, like Dino said, getting a bit deeper into the issues but also being able to, to spread a beautiful shining light on our boys and our women when the NRLW um, comes about in the second part of the season. So, yeah, it's exciting new format and we look forward to it.
4: And big thing too is both of us are, are big fans of community football mm. and what what Rugby League means to our communities out there. So we'll be telling those stories as well and uh, giving more time and air time to that, those sort of stories mm-hmm. and hopefully – getting messages out there to people and changing the way they they feel about the game as well
0: and speaking about community last year one of the biggest community events the kuri knockout marked 50 years a really momentous occasion uh, especially uh, as we are coming out of the pandemic community families and players were actually able to go out and reconnect in big numbers again I believe it will be even bigger this year, and uh, yeah, is it going to be bigger for you guys as well in terms of coverage?
2: Yeah, I think with the knockout, um, regardless of all the negatives that try to keep like creep in, um, like let's talk about the weather. uh, It was it was ridiculous, eh? The rain down there, the mud. But I think because we needed that positive, um, I suppose event and turn of events in our communities that. It was amazing. The knockout was probably the best one I've been to so far. Regardless of anything negative, it was positive for our people. And, you know, we really had an amazing time. Both Dino and I jumped on commentary, um, which was amazing. We were on sideline. We were doing everything, eh? It was muddy.
4: Mm-hmm. It was flooded. But no blackfellas complained. was nah. got on with the footy and we're just so appreciative that the event was back on yeah. after three big years. And that. Uh, Certainly enjoyed that. The Murray Carnival is always brilliant mm. as well up there in Queensland. Yeah. And they had the Interstate Challenge in the in the pre-season as well where the winners from the crew Knockout played the winners from the Murray, Murray Carnivals. Mm. And um, NAB from Newcastle won the men's and the women's was won by the Brisbane natives. So there's lots of good events that are back on the Indigenous footy calendar. Yeah. And us at NITV, we love, love telling the stories. Yeah.
0: Mm. Rugby League is big in New South Wales and Queensland and uh, all the East Coast big cities. But, uh, yeah, the game has also got fans right across the country, including in uh, remote areas. Because I know when you go there, you find people barracking for teams in big cities like the Roosters, the Broncos or Melbourne Storm. Teams uh, in cities where they've never been to. But the people out on country know their game they know and love their players they follow them very closely will you be going to those areas broadcast from there and take more of the game to the fans?
4: we travel a lot we travel (laughs) a lot (laughs) both of us for our work and we keep you know one people to tell us those stories and relay those stories but it would be great you know to get cameras out there and and showcase some of the people out there because that's the heart of the game in these areas and we've played far and wide and love far and wide and i think it's important to tell those stories and with our new format in the show this year um you know bo travels a lot uh, to rural and remote communities i do a little bit of it as well give us a camera let's get out there and let's tell those stories because i know our people would love it
0: and that was uh bo de la cruz and uh, dean widers co-hosts of over the black dot australia's premier rugby league focused tv show through a fast Nations Lens over the Black Dot. Airs on NITV on Tuesday nights at eight thirty PM. It also streams on SPS on demand.